So <laughs> the idea of what we're doing is, you know, it's called conversations I want to have before we both die. And the idea is, you know, like sometimes people die <laughs> and you wish you had said certain things to them that you never said to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So the idea is like to have those conversations as if it was the last time you'd ever see this person again. So the idea is like, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, what would you say to this person? That's rough, man. <clears throat> That's rough. Well, it's also kind of nice because then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's done. Okay. All right. Let's see what happens. Okay. So I'll start. Huh? I'll start. Okay. So, you know, I was like a, a really big fan of Stranger Than Paradise. Uh-huh. And, you know, you were my favorite person in that by far. A lot of people like John Lurie. I didn't understand that. I was just like, that guy is amazing. You. I didn't even like John Lurie. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. But I really liked you. And it was almost like, a, you know, you were like a little older than me, but you were like so cool. And so like, a, I don't know. It was like you were like a, for me, you were like a rock star. And then I remember I saw you in a deli in L.A. once. Do you remember this? A deli? Yeah, it was like a deli. I remember. I met you at a party. Yeah, yeah before that, though. I don't remember the deli. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah you wouldn't have remembered. But uh, I was like, there's there's Richard Edson. That's Richard Edson. And I was kind of shy. I don't know if I even talked to you. I might have said something like, hey, I, I love that movie or something. And you were nice. But I was watching you, and you were like so cool. I don't know how to explain it. Like you were like an artist. Like you were like... Everything you said and did was like graceful and funny and unique and just like, it's kind of like, um, almost like a role model. Like, you know, like you can be like this in life. You could like just be, you know, my, my, my girlfriend, Kathy, that I just broke up with, you know, she was really into coolness. Like that's kind of her whole thing is like cool. She wants to be cool and things are cool and not cool. Like that's just like her thing, you know, like, and I never really was. That was never my category. It was cool. You know, it was like maybe smart or artistic or something. But like, it wasn't cool. But you were like cool and also artistic. And they were like the same thing. And I was excited to meet you. It was like kind of, you know. But it also like it really struck me the way you were in the world. Like you just had this like joie de vivre and this kind of, you know, this kind of like irreverence and this kind of like sense of humor that was kind of like, you know, like ironic and sarcastic, but also kind of sweet and loving. It was just like this very, I really liked your vibrational frequency a lot. And then I met you at that party, Albert Berger's party. Yeah. And I was excited to see you again. And I was with Mandy and we started talking. And I think I, 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 I think I remember thinking like the next time I meet somebody, like an actor that I admire, I'm going to ask them if there's a, a role they've always wanted to play. And then I'm going to like write a script for them. And then they're going to want to do it because it's a role they've always wanted to play. Right. So I think I, I think I might have asked you that. And I think uh, you said uh, detective. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I was like, great. I'll write a detective script and Richard will play the detective. And that was very exciting. And we started writing a script together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we never made it. We should take it out. It's probably not as bad as we think. It was pretty it was. good. But I'm, I'm a perfectionist. And I remember just thinking, like, it wasn't quite, quite enough 
it wasn't good enough in my mind to actually just like get it up to like raise the money and actually make it. I also think it was the kind of film that was kind of conventional. Yeah, yeah. It was too conventional. It was very, very conventional. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. was no... It was, uh, did you ever see that movie, What About Me? Then I was with Rachel Amadeo. No. Henry Jones. You should really see this movie. It, uh, it's uh, Criterion. It's on Criterion. Oh, uh -huh. But um, she did this amazing movie, and then it kind of came and then it went and 20 years later it got rediscovered uh you were in it i was in it yeah uh -huh. I equ i'm equally proud of that as i am a stranger in paradise uh -huh, uh -huh. and basically the whole thing is improvised and she didn't have a script uh -huh. she started it in the middle with a couple scenes and then she kind of developed it in both directions it's like oh now i know what the beginning is now i know what the end is uh -huh, uh -huh. and then let's figure out and she figured out and we did it over the course of like three years huh. it's kind of in that same period it was 88 to 91. Uh, so did. after Stranger. After Stranger, but not, not that too far. Much after, yeah. But, um, and I was, you know, it was still East Village was the East Village. It was not yeah. NYU town. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was smart. She got Richard Hell was in it, Johnny Thunders was in it, uh -huh. Rockets, Red Glare, you know, uh -huh, Rockets, yeah, um, and uh, Judy Karn, Gregory okay. Corso. Oh, Gregory Corso was Judy Karn. She was uh, with um, Goldie Hawn in uh, Laughing, the two go-go dancers. Oh. Right? She became a hardcore junkie. Uh -huh. And uh, so she was, she was in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a remarkable. My point is that, okay, she got that done. Then she's like, oh, what am I going to do next? And she started doing this thing, writing a script called Rock and Roll Gangster. And it was as conventional and uninteresting as her movie was unconventional and interesting. Uh -huh. And she's like 20 years later, uh -huh. she's still trying to get that movie made. She's uh -huh. just like, you know, her, her career just went off in the wrong direction. And I, I, I think that's what we were trying to do in a way, just make a conventional, yeah, 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 yeah. conventional detective movie. I had a beginning, middle, yeah, and yeah, end. Yeah. I think you had just got out of uh, UCLA. Uh, no, it'd been a while. No, something, but you were you were very intent on following the, the, the Oh, the classical. The structure, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the inciting incident. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I was. The, uh, the midpoint, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, the, yeah. the high points. You're right. You were, you were like, we could do the formula. Um, yeah, so I, this this formula, what we're doing now, um, I'm not sure I want to do this. <laughs> Why not? Um, because it'll make me talk about things I don't want to talk about. Why don't you? What, what would it make you talk about that you don't want to talk about? Well, isn't that like... <laughs> isn't that the... That's exactly what I don't want to talk about. It it would mean the. Uh, well, you, you put me on the spot, man. You put me on the spot. Can we can we try another direction? Yeah, I can go. I can go first. Well, you was you started go first. I know, but I can go more first. All right. Well, you, you know you're used to. This. <clears throat> well, look. If I was dying tomorrow, mm -hmm. I'd want to say. Um, Look at me, I'm getting... Uh, <laughs> Teary? <laughs> I don't want this to be therapy. You know? I would say... Um, are you really getting emotional? 
Wow. I would say, I'm so glad I met you. I really enjoyed all the time we spent together. I feel a little guilty for not ever finishing that script that, you know, you put a lot of work into. And I've always wanted to like, I always felt like you never got your due. You know, like, a, you're like a great actor and you're also a great, like, just character. And, you know, you have all these movies that, you know, somebody someday will, like, put them all together and be like, oh, wow. But, like, I always felt like you hadn't really gotten the recognition you deserved. And I really wanted to, like, give that to you. And, like, uh, it was just like a, it wasn't like even a kindness thing. I just, oops, I just really, like, just thought it was just an injustice in the world that I wanted to, like, help to redress. And I... I still kind of think maybe I can still do it before you or I die. But, you know, as life, as, you know, as the years pass, it just seems like less and less likely. So um, I just want to say, like, I really, I just, I just like you so much. And I'm really, I always love seeing you. And you okay? I don't know why. Maybe we should do it. Oh, Richard, we should. It's okay to be emotional. Hmm? It's okay to be emotional. We are gonna die. <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere. The emotions? Huh? The emotions? I did not expect this. No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're probably <laughs> you're used to this, I think, right? Boring your soul and all. Yeah, I mean, it's my I thing. Mean, it's kind of a shtick in a way. If you want. Huh? Sure. Um, and it's kind of. Like, it's not the sort of thing that I want to uh, to exploit. And I guess in a way, you know, because you're creating content. Yeah. So, it's in a way it's not really fair because I'm not just talking to you, right? Right. I'm talking to people I don't know. And yeah, like, yeah. Do I want to reveal things? I mean, you know, maybe it would be good, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <clears throat> Do you have some tissue or something? Tissue? Sure. Yeah. Let me go you. Phoenix. No, I, I, you know, I admire you. And, uh, and it's not bad to uh, feel things. Mm. But 
I'm not saying it is. It is. You know, it's like people who write memoirs. Uh-huh. You know, they go through terrible things in their life, you know, uh-huh. and they they just don't seem to have any problem. Just reliving that shit, mm-hmm. but for public consumption. Mm-hmm. But they never say it's for pump. It's for no. This is a way of of uh, dealing with my, you know, dealing with shit. But why make it public? Well, I just think it's like helpful to people. Like when people say things that are that are emotional or deep or loving or honest or. Any of that stuff, like it helps me. It helps me. When other people say it? Yeah. You mean even like on, on, uh, yeah, in anything, on, in a movie. The, uh, the Colbert show? Yeah. Like it helps me. In what <clears throat> way? Well, it's like it gives you permission, it models like what's possible, and it like, and it mirrors you. Like, you know, like, I mean, I had this experience when I first went to Sex Addicts Anonymous meetings. Okay. Where people were saying stuff that I never heard anyone say, but that I thought or have things that happened to me, and I thought I was alone, and I just felt like wow, it's so helpful to feel like you're not alone, because my main experience of life is feeling like I'm alone, and the media like makes us feel really alone because the bandwidth of what's sort of considered socially acceptable is so narrow. None of us fit into that bandwidth. So anything you can do, I think that like extends the bandwidth of the human. It's like really helpful. Well, I have another take on it. Is that all it really does is is create a community of narcissists. It's like everybody's alone together, so we can feel together in our aloneness. But you don't bridge a gap. You just feel better about yourself, but you're still stuck within yourself. Yeah, but all art, I mean, it's not it's not creating a community. It's just creating, like, a sense of not feeling alone. Yeah, well, maybe that's the limitation of art. Well, maybe, but it's still, like, really nice. Like, huh? I, I still love art. I still, like, like, I mean, I'm, right now I'm reading Ulysses, right? You what? I'm reading Ulysses right now. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, it's so <sighs> perverted. Like, Joyce is such a pervert. And <clears throat> he's so honest about it. And it just makes me feel like much better about my own perversions, which are, you know, many. Well, but that's different in, 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 in that he's not talking about himself. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You don't say stuff like that if you haven't had those thoughts and feelings. No, I, of course, but he's creating vehicles. And yeah, vessels yeah, yeah, for yeah, other yeah, yeah. But the more you read about about but is it, but, it, Joyce, it's so autobiographical. But is that the important thing? Do you care about James Joyce? I or do. you care about the writing and the characters? I care that there was a man who was so honest about his human failings that he wrote this book where this guy is on trial and everyone is saying, like, what a horrible person he is. And that we as readers are like, yeah, he did some bad things, but he's also a good guy. And like that's really, I think, important. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think privacy is helpful. Huh? I don't think privacy helps anyone. You know, like it's not. Like I understand that it's a self-protective mechanism, and it could help you feel safe, I guess, or somebody feel safe. One, you know, whoever it is. But I don't think it ever helps the other person to be private. Like it's like what's helpful is when you like reveal, or you're vulnerable, or you share. <coughs> So you share, so you won't feel so alone. Well, you share, so you won't feel so alone, and so the other person won't feel so alone. It's like it's like a gift. I think it's a gift. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's true that you have this like really ironic stance, you know, in the world. <coughs> yeah, you know, you're always like cracking jokes, and you always got this like humor. I'm not cracking jokes now. <laughs> now, right now. <laughs> But usually that's your default. It's my default too, because I'm in a lot of pain. And that's what you do when you're in pain is you try to like lighten it by humor. I mean, that's what humor is, right? It's just pain plus perspective or pain plus repression, right? And I think it's, I think comedy or humor is like great. I'm all, I'm all for it, but I also think there's something really beautiful about just like occasionally just dropping it and just being like, okay, here's how I really feel. Maybe there's, you know, art, there's, it, it, there's an absolute limitation to it. Well, sure, but like, I don't know, like, I've seen you do this thing. Like, you're like, um, you're in a social situation, and you can kind of go two ways. Me? You, yeah, anyone, but I've seen you do this thing, where you kind of like, you could either go like the sort of like the, acceptable route or the conformist route or the you know like the not rocking the boat route uh -huh. or you could kind of say or do the thing that's like a little edgy or a little bit you know like you're playful and you almost always choose that you know <laughs> like it depends on the situation but generally you're like a guy who pushes <clears throat> in that direction why because you're a playful guy and because it's fun and because it's who you are. Like you're, you're not that other person who does what everyone else would do. You're the guy who does this other thing that only you would do. And that thing is both a gift to the other of yourself and a gift to yourself of yourself. And I think it's the right choice. And it's an inspiring choice. And like it inspired me. Well, I'm glad I inspired you. <laughs> I'm kind of inspired you. I don't know if I was dying tomorrow. You know what's funny? Um, I'm reading this book, that book I was telling you about, American Dirt, and uh -huh. the family is killed. 60 members of a family is killed by a uh, uh, leader of a drug, drug cartel. It's not important. What's important is that the grief. Your sneakers are making. Oh. This is cool, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, the grief. And uh, we, we were talking about that before, you know, my father. You know, when my, my father died, I didn't, I didn't have, a, I didn't agree. I did a little bit, like we were saying. It's like, yeah, it's sad. It was sad we didn't get to know our fathers. We didn't have a, have a, a good relationship. But um, what is my point? Is that...
is it better to have, you know, not, are we better off? And we have, it's like we don't agonize. I oh. need years of oh. agony of like yeah. recovering from the loss of somebody we love so much. Or that we could just move on and oh, yeah. carry on with our lives and as I, if it didn't mean that much. I, I think it would have been better to, <laughs> to have to grief have, and have it meant a lot. <laughs> I agree. But so in terms of the premise of this, we should continue, but I know what I'm doing now. Okay. But in a way, it's not exactly what you had in mind. But I think it is exactly what you had in mind. Well, if I just, that makes any sense. I mean, I just, I've had this experience of not having told people that, you know, I love them, for example, before they died and feeling bad about that. And also just even, even things I'm mad about, like, you know, like, uh, or regrets or, 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 or fond memories, you know, like, uh, like there's a, there's like a, a kind of like, you know, when my stepfather died, my mom was like, I don't want there to be a memorial service. For your stepdad. Yeah. Her husband. <laughs> right. She said, nah, I don't want to. And me and my sister were like, what? Like, we're not going to have a memorial service? She's like, nah, it's just too upsetting. <laughs> and it's too much trouble. And I just felt like, I, I love memorial services. And I feel like we need to honor the dead. <laughs> That's really important. And somebody lived a whole fucking life. And then they die and we don't even, like, acknowledge it. Right, right. Or take a, take a moment, take an hour to be like, what was that? What did that mean to me? Like, it's crazy. And, you know, at least we have this one fucking hour, two hour funeral service ritual in our society, which is like so thin. And yet it's better than nothing. But we don't honor the living while they're living. That's for sure. And we don't honor like our our friendships. Like we we have friendships. They're usually pretty thin. What would that look like? Like I feel like that's what I'm trying to do right now. Like it would look like let's just fucking. <laughs> but would but it's kind of say what we feel. Right, but how much of it is we're allowed to do it because it's part of a this format podcast. Podcast. Yes, totally. And it, it's we're creating content. Yeah, yeah, we would never do this otherwise. Why not? Well, because there's no container for it in our society. Like there could be a ritual that everyone at a certain age like does this. <laughs> and that could be like a, a, a communal thing that people do. You know, like when you hear whatever age, you like seek out all your friends and you have a conversation about everything that they've meant to you. Isn't that what those men's groups were? Well, yeah, again, I can't find. I never went to one, but I think they were more about like getting in touch with your masculinity. Well, but I think that those, it was like, get to get in touch with your the strong side, you also had to get in touch with your weak side and yeah, but that's not the so hard much. side and the soft side. And yeah, and I think that's probably really valuable, but that's more about like a kind of integration. But I, th I think there was this confessional uh -huh. element of it. Sure. Like you can- I never went, but- I never went either. Yeah, but, uh, I could imagine. <laughs> but this is different. This is like, um, I mean, it's, it seems to be at a certain point clear that when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking about 
all the things you didn't do, you're going to be thinking about all the people in your life. Like it's just like that's just what's going to what's what's going to be left at the at the at, on the deathbed. It's going to be about your relationships. And I'm someone who's always like prioritized work over relationships. And I just know that that's not what I'm going to be thinking about when I'm when I'm on death. I'm not going to be like, I wish I'd made one more movie. You know, I wish I finished that one other movie. Wait, you're talking about work. I know, <laughs> but I'm not going to be doing that. Oh, you're not going to be doing I'm going to be thinking about all the people that I've loved and just like either loving them or wishing I had like loved them better. What What are you going to do in your life that's going to make it happen now so that you're not? A podcast. Is this? Yeah, this podcast? is it. This is... How many of these have you done? I've done two. This is the third one. This is the third one? Yeah. Oh, shit. <clears throat> But this is me preparing for death. No, it's not. It, it is. No, it's you preparing to live. Okay, it's both. It's both. It's preparing to live more deeply and yeah. fully, yeah. but also to like take stock and just like, you know, I was talking to a friend yesterday about how like when you, you, you're friends with people, there's like a, <coughs> there's like a time limit or like a, it's like a window of like, like you can like not see somebody for a while who's a friend and not be in touch but if you, too much time goes by like you're not friends anymore <laughs> you know it's like a, it becomes like kind of like absurd you know like and that when does that moment come when like if you haven't reached out to like hang out or to say hi after a certain amount of time it's kind of like over you know like all these people that I, I really like I just haven't talked to them in so many years that it would be just really weird now to do that Huh. I mean, you're not like that. I mean, like, I, I've stayed in touch with you. And I feel like I can call you, and if I'm in L.A. or whatever, or I can reach out, and we can have a phone conversation. Like, it's it's a, it's alive. The, the connection is still there. But, you know, if I didn't reach out for a certain number of years, it would be, it would end. So there's something about just, like, reaching out to everybody that you've cared about and just keeping it alive. So this is partly that. I guess, I guess, I'm just not ready to talk about some things. But there's nothing you have to talk about. You just, you just, you're just invited well, to say what you would say if, if, if we, this was our last conversation. I mean, really, what if I die tomorrow or you die tomorrow? Like, is there anything you would want to say? Maybe there isn't. Or that you would wish you had said tonight. No. no. <laughs> I can be honest. Sure. I can be honest. And, and totally, totally at peace. And say, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm worried about your shoes squeaking. Oh, sorry. That's okay. You can take them off. Yeah, take them off. <laughs> then it won't happen. Um. Well. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think. And, and, and what does that say about me? <laughs> I just think people don't express their affection for each other enough. I mean, I think people are insecure. Insecure? I think people are insecure, yeah. And people are paranoid, you know. I'm insecure, 
and I'm paranoid. And I think I'm not the only one. And I think when people... What do you mean by that? I mean like... Sure, just throw it. No, no, I need more. Oh, you need more? Yeah. Okay, so... What have you got me into there? Okay, there you go. Thank you. Um, it's very nice uh, toilet paper, I gotta say. <laughs> it is nice. And soft. I like the soft stuff. Huh? <laughs> I get you the like soft it? stuff. Yeah. For, for, yeah, like, <laughs> I, can, I can imagine how. Like, <clears throat> I, I just think, like, uh, even if somebody, maybe it's just like a kind of Asperger's y thing with me, but like, I need to be told things with words. Like, if someone is like giving me all these signs of affection. Uh-huh. I like, I sense it, but I'm not positive. But if they say, oh, I really like you, or I really, I love you, or I think you're great, <coughs> then I believe it. Like I just, I'm just very verbal or something, you know? And so I think, I feel like it really, it's really helpful for me to hear people tell me nice things. Because <laughs> otherwise I don't trust it. Or I, 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 I see it, but I'm like, but maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe I'm misreading it, or maybe they do that with everybody. Like, you know, like I, I, I just find like language so much more I don't trust, trustworthy. Yeah. See, I, I don't Persuasive. trust. I don't trust. You don't trust language. I don't trust. Language. You're probably right not to. It's you know actions. I trust the actions. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like what people do. It's not you know, like, it's like apology. It's saying I'm sorry. It's so easy. Right. And and if and I always <clears throat> feel like if somebody does you wrong, then they have to make up for it mm-hmm. in action, not mm-hmm. saying I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's so easy to say I'm sorry. But what's an example of an action that? Would- huh. What's an example of an action that would make up for a wrong? <coughs> well, even something simple like cooking your dinner. Uh-huh. You know, m- making you feel good by doing something, not by uh-huh. saying something, uh-huh. yeah. by actually m- putting, making the effort yeah. and energy, so that it's like, oh, they they are they are making an investment yeah. in yeah. time they and energy. It. Yeah. And they, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, you can judge yeah. th- their meaning by the depth of what they've committed themselves to. But, you know, saying I'm sorry. I mean, sometimes, I, I think sometimes you can say you're sorry and really mean it. But I think if you've done something really, there's a couple of people in my life who, who've really done me wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> why, why do you laugh? No, just, me too. And how do you have you forgiven them? Um, it's a struggle. I try. But if they if they said sorry or they tried to make an amends, I would totally forgive them in a second. I would too. Yeah, <laughs> I would too. But they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't. <laughs> That's part of the wrong. Huh? That's part of the wrong. Is that yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. They refuse. Uh, every now and then, I. I, I I think I mean these are things that go back twenty, twenty-five years, thirty uh-huh. years ago. They happened thirty years. Yeah. And both were musicians, both leaders of bands, and uh-huh. I just felt completely used and abused and taken advantage of. And uh, Sonic Youth? No, no, no. They're good guys. Uh-huh. They're totally good guys. Um, the guy I played with. Oh, you know, I met I met uh, I met their daughter recently. Who uh, Thurston's daughter? Yeah. So. 
I know. Just. It's funny. Um, they Thurston just had a book come out. Oh yeah. A memoir. Oh. Yeah. He's gonna send me a copy. And, you know, I just had a book come out. Oh but yeah. I don't, I don't. I have it here. I wanted to show you. Just, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's. Uh, um. But it's not a memoir. Yeah. But it's kind of personal. But it's not. I mean, you know, Thurston, he's like 60-something years old. It's like the perfect time to write a memoir. And, yeah. Um, and she wrote one a few years ago. She wrote one. There's some, there was a very interesting little story that, that happened when we first got together for the first time in Sonic Youth. Uh -huh. Is that we were practicing in my basement. Uh -huh. And it was a, it was on Second Avenue between Fourth and Fifth Street. You go through one of those metal doors. There was a lock. I unlocked it. You open up the uh, metal gating, grating, gating. You go down the metal stairs. And there's a room in the back, next to the boiler. So it's very cozy in the wintertime. And you know, it's like it could be ten degrees outside. And we go and practice. Practice all day. And we're playing. And it was Thurston. It was not um, Lee. Lee. Uh -huh. It was this woman and a keyboard player uh -huh. and Kim, and we're playing and we're, and and they just he he just loved to play loud and hard, and I'm just playing. I'm playing my drums, just keeping up with them and having fun, and then I see on my bass drum these little spots like things appearing. Blood. It was blood. I thought it was something from the ceiling. Like something was leaking. And I'm like, no. And then I see Thurston strumming away, strumming away. And one of the, the knobs on the volume knob, the tone knob, had fallen off. Oh. It was, and it was just a little metal rod. Uh -huh. But he was playing so hard uh -huh. that he didn't care. And uh -huh. he was cutting his hand. It was bleeding. Yeah. And I'm, I said to myself, with this... This motherfucker is either the most committed or the most pretentious or the or both. Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. I stopped it. Uh -huh. I said, look, man, I really got to admire your commitment to this, but just don't get your blood on my, <laughs> my drum kit. Now, and they said, and my brother said, oh, man, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and uh, she turned the other way, and, and we just started, started. And it was a shitty little drum set, too. So, but I was like, no, it's my shitty little drum set. I don't want anybody else's blood on it. But um, Kim wrote her book. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, and she, she wrote about this. And she got all the details wrong. Oh, she wrote about that moment. She, she wrote about that oh, moment. Uh -huh. She wrote, and then I picked up. Thurston's book, and of course I'm looking for myself. <laughs> and uh, and so he's starting, he started in on that story too. Uh -huh. So I didn't read it because I'm going to wait until uh -huh. Uh, uh -huh. until he, his book comes uh -huh. Uh -huh. and uh, um, and then read it. But I see what his memory. But I think his memory is like home movies. Mm -hmm. Did you did you have home movies when sure. you were kids? Right. So. How much of, it is, of what you remember is like the real memory, right, right. or is it filtered through? Sure, sure. So I had written when they re-released the first. I wrote a whole thing about uh, uh, uh. called "Keeping Time" with uh, uh -huh. 
Sonic Youth. Uh-huh. And I told that story, and it uh-huh. was printed, in, uh-huh. in, and I'm sure they read it. Uh-huh. So I wonder how what their real memory is, uh-huh. or their memory is filtered through my memory uh-huh. of it. I mean, maybe I got things wrong, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. But um, what's my point? <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> I well, think we were talking about memory. And, well, we're talking about death. <clears throat> what? Death. We're talking about death. So... I guess I just want you to know. Can you remember your death? <laughs> After you die? No, right now. No? That is, it's one of those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. that. Uh, do you think about that? I do. I think about it every day. What do you think about it? Just that it's coming soon. Well, you don't know when it's coming. Well, it's, it's coming sooner than... You, I mean, you, in the natural course of things. Yeah, yeah. Yes, your death is coming. Through. But is it any different than... I mean, I, I mean, the illusion is you're going to live forever. Right, right. That's Even, the, you know, you're 19, right. you're 21, 25. Yeah, that's the illusion. I mean, you do have that sense that yeah. oh, we have all the time in yeah. the world. And, and, and I... And that's the default. I have that default also. So I think about it because I'm like, don't, don't think that because... You're not going to do the things you need to do if you think that. How how does that affect your, your daily life, you think? I mean, it doesn't affect it enough. But when I'm really, like, focused on death, I think I'm living a better life. Like, I'm, I'm making better choices. How? how? I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm making the right, I'm prioritizing the right things. Well, what, what? But you, you mean you're making decisions based upon your thoughts about death, not in the act of thinking about it. No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I make decisions based on the idea that, that this is finite. And I have to, like, I don't have all, I don't have, for example, just, like, movies, right? Like, I'm always starting new movies. Uh-huh. And I don't have enough time. I don't have enough years for all the movies that I want to make. So. Hey, what do you do about that? Well, I think if you, if you know you're going to die, and it's not going to be that much more time, then you just really pick the ones that, you know, Brian Eno said once, like, he has so many ideas that to decide what to work on. He just, he thinks, like, which ones can, can I not make? And if I can not make it, I don't try. Do you have, like, I have huge archives of stuff uh-huh. that I've made. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm going back, I'm like, this shit ain't bad. Yeah. It's not nearly as bad I thought it was, and it really should see the light of day. Yeah. So one of the things I'm trying to do is yeah. create a situation in which they do see the light of day. Right. And so that when you die, someone isn't there having to decide what to do. It's like, it's like ready for them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't want to die. And, and uh, it's like, yeah, you want- oh, look, man, look, he was really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he should have been around. Yeah. You don't want to die like that. No. You want it uh, before you die. Yeah. Yeah. So you, can, so you can enjoy the, the, the commendations. You want because you want to be like uh, admired and respected, or because you're afraid it will it won't ever no, see the light of day. No, it's not admired. Are you afraid that it will it will be lost if you don't release it before yeah. you? Yeah. 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 That's part of it. Yeah. Um, I know people whose you know parents die and they haven't done anything to prepare for their death. Done what? They haven't done anything to prepare. Like they haven't like organized things, and the the person who's left is like to decide like, what do I throw away? What do I keep? You know, what do I? 
What do I do with all well, this who stuff? Who does prepare? I'm trying to prepare. Well, I, mean, I think the only way you can prepare is to give everything away. Okay, but if you have archives, you mean like archives? Yeah, that, it just somehow get rid of everything. But not not destroy it, but just like no, no, not have someone else take care of it. If that's your if that's been your life, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but you can't take anything with you, so. I guess I just want you to know how much I like you. And I guess my guess would be that you don't know or you don't know the extent or you don't let it in or you don't let in the extent. And I just want, I want you to know the extent. And what? Of how much I like you. <laughs> well, you've told me that before. I have? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of always made me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Only because action speaks louder than words. And you think my actions don't, don't say that? Or you think... No, they do, but... You'd rather have that? No, and it's also, that's not your style. Mm -hmm. You know, your style is, is language. Yeah. It's funny, I, I, uh... Like, when, when we were working together, you came uh -huh. to L.A. once. Yeah. And uh, there were two things I, I was like, I tested you on. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, it's like, <laughs> once I played you some music, uh -huh. just to hear how your response was, because, because I, I, I do really respect and admire you, and uh, especially your, or a lot about you, your, your, <laughs> you, you, you appreciate my jokes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm gonna make you laugh today, but I you should. I was like, man, this dude, I I don't even have to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just anything I say, he yeah. laughs at. I love and people like that. <laughs> I've, I've met there's a few people. Yeah. In my life, it's like I just know instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, oh, this this. They get me, yeah, 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 and I, I can just say shit and yeah. laugh, yeah. and it's inspiring yeah. too yeah. for me. Yeah, it feels great because it's like oh, and if they get my sense of humor, and then yeah. they let me, yeah. So so, um, but it was like it's it's like okay, where's Kavi? Kavi is not fault lines because I I never really I never did find fault with you, uh -huh. but it was like. Oh, all the things you were interested in. You were interested in film, but it was like, I found you weren't interested in film from a visual point of view. No, I'm not. No, you're not. And I think you admitted it to yeah, me. Yeah. So, so, so when I showed you some of my photos, uh -huh. you basically had nothing to say. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, that, and I didn't take it personally. Uh -huh. I was like, that's very interesting. Uh -huh. But I was also wondering, how can a filmmaker uh -huh. be completely uninvolved with that whole aspect of filmmaking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, and you didn't seem to give a fuck. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it was like, I, it's like, well, you don't need to be, you know, there's all kinds of filmmakers, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all kinds of filmmakers. You said it was like a test. Did I fail the test? No. Uh -huh. No, it was more like, more like an eye exam. It's like A or B. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, A. 
I think at that time too, you know, I, I found LA. It's such a wasteland. I know. Why'd you move here? Why don't I? Yeah. I might. It's, it's hard living here now. Yeah. Well, you know, this is exploratory. Um, I never know how it's going to go. But uh, is there anything you want to say before we end it? I think we, I think oh, we should end it soon. We're ending it? We're ending it. Oh, I thought we were just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we, we played for an hour the other night. And it's okay, that's it. <laughs> Why? I'm just getting warmed up. I'm just getting going. <laughs> um, no, and no, there's nothing I want to say. Okay. But yeah, there's one thing I want to say. Okay. Which was where well, you were, you know, you, I think your your love and and need. Uh, of language and for language as a way to understand the world uh-huh. and to be in the world uh-huh. is to me not wrong. Uh-huh. It's just inadequate for me. Uh-huh. So that you were saying, what what do I want to say? Right? Uh-huh. You know, you're gonna die tomorrow. And uh-huh. I'm like, and I said nothing. Yeah. And, and it's true. It's really. But what this did give me an opportunity to do, which is what. More than anything, I believe in is to be fully alive in in the moment. This right gave now. you the opportunity. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah, oh. and and that's all. Like that's all. I, that's to me. That's everything, right? And because what else is there? It's like how much did I want to reveal myself? Well, that's that's a very personal thing, uh-huh. but it didn't prevent me from being as present as possible. Right, that's part of being present as possible. Um, and I, I think for that, I want to thank you. You know, like we could have, I could have just made you laugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think I don't. I I did. Hmm. Am I going to walk away from here feeling like, what did we do? What did we accomplish? Is it, is it like, did it make me feel closer to you? Or is it like, well, I gave Kave some content. It was an interesting experience. It's something to think about. And, uh, and, and I have valued your friendship, which would be going back. At least, well, before Becca was born, 20 years, really. 20 years? Yeah. 2003? Probably around then. Post 9-11? Probably. And I came up, I came up and stayed with you guys. Yeah, you stayed at our apartment. There was that woman you were interested in in New York. She had a son. Huh? She had a kid. This woman that you were interested in. She was really cool. I went over with you to her place. She had a little kid who was into mythology, and you were you really liked her, but then you kind of like. Do you remember anything else about her? She was pretty. I would have I would have married her. Um, and then you like kind of like, she I think she was really into you, and you kind of were like, eh, I don't know if I'm. Who was it? I don't remember. She was really pretty. She had a son. I think you were just like, afraid of commitment or something. 
pre pretty with the sun. <laughs> but I remember really wanting you to like. Hook up? Yeah, find somebody. Like I just felt like. Who was that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And vaguely, that's really going to bother me now. <laughs> Where the sun would be, none of it. What else? That's it. I, I try to keep these not too long. It's already been an hour. Yeah? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's about how long we played music the other night. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for valuing our friendship. I do. And, yeah. I, and thank you for having me, having me over here. And <coughs> totally unexpected, my reaction. <laughs> but not bad. Not bad. I don't regret it at all. I, I wish you think about it. I wish I could have filmed it. It was very... The what? I wish I could have filmed it. It was very... Uh, <laughs> it was very touching. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, that wouldn't have happened. You know... Now you can just remember it. Mm -hmm.